You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday hump day edition of Locked On Pelicans. And yes, we are going to continue to look at the NBA schedule, the Pelicans schedule. I'm going to give you some of the games to keep an eye on that might be the most fun, the most intriguing games. We'll take a look at their road trips, their homestands, and maybe, we'll see, depends on where the conversation goes where we think this team could end up. Also, apparently yesterday was National Lefty Day, and there's a really good lefty NBA team out there. We're going to talk about that as well, maybe touch on Rich Paul. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. All right, we're going to continue to look at the Pelicans' schedule for the upcoming NBA season. Got some more numbers, more things to talk about. So, breaking down the strength of schedule by pre-All-Star game, post-All-Star game is a little intriguing to look at. The Pelicans actually have the toughest, number one, strength of schedule according to Vegas win totals in the pre-All-Star game period. That's difficult for a number of reasons. One, it's just number one. Obviously, it's difficult. But this is something in a season where the Pelicans really need to get off to a fast start, I think, to carry the momentum they've built with fans over the offseason into the regular season. We've kind of been here before. Think about it when the Pelicans have made the playoffs. Others have gotten excited who might not normally care about this team. You can't wait for things. And then you know what? It doesn't really work out and the Pelicans are bad next season. And then those fans who got emotionally invested in the team, financially invested in the team potentially too, just kind of drop off because they feel burned. Well, the Pelicans are playing playoff teams from last year through 15 of their first 20 games. That is not a recipe to continue forward a ton of momentum. So I think you got to kind of Reset your expectations, maybe reset the expectations of your friends a little bit too, because that is unfortunately rough to see. That's difficult. Um, Now, however, the good news is they can finish really strong. Against their final 20 games, it's just seven playoff teams from last year. And the Pelicans actually have, according again to the same kind of rankings and formulas, the 28th hardest schedule so third easiest schedule during that period of time that's really good New Orleans actually has one of the easier months out of any NBA team which is in April where the supposed winning percentage among those teams is going to be point uh is 44.5 percent so sub 500 during that time that's Good. They can finish strong, close out the year with some momentum, carry that into the offseason, and I think that is a very big thing to see. Again, they're low in terms of miles uh, traveled, particularly compared to other Western Conference teams. They have the average number of back-to-backs. They were bad on back-to-backs last year. I think they were 3-10. and 10. So this is an area where they'll struggle, which makes a lot of sense with a lot of these rookie guys coming in and maybe some of them getting significant minutes. But overall, 
Yeah, it's about right. It's going to be a tough start to the year. They expect things, the NBA, I think, expects things to fizzle out a little bit. And then the Pelicans will kind of regain momentum in the second half of the year. That's great because they've got young guys who tend to hit a wall. You play 40 games in college in a season. It's more than double that here in the NBA this season. Um, This season, always. It's 82 games. Those guys can get tired. Your legs just aren't ready for it. It's a grind. There's far more travel. Having an easier second half of the year maybe prevents those guys from hitting that rookie wall just a little bit. I think there's a lot of value in that, too. And when you're throwing in maybe some of the younger guys, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who are going to play probably more minutes in the second part of the year than they will in the first, giving them some boost in confidence by playing not the best competition, I think is a very good thing to see as well. Well, so looking at the schedule, it's tough. Like there's, there's just no doubt about it. Um, talking with people around the league, yeah, it's going to be hard. You've got a couple of road trips in there that are going to be particularly tough as well. The first four game road trip that they go on, which is in December, leading up to their Christmas Day game against the Denver Nuggets. You're at Minnesota, at Golden State, at Portland, at Denver. Minnesota could be winnable, but they should be a little bit improved over last year. But that one is quite rough to go and take on. Um, The good news is they don't have a back-to-back during that stretch. The second road trip goes uh, starts in March where you take on Minnesota at Sacramento at Utah and then the Clippers. So you should be able to split that, but that's going to be a bit of a rough stretch too. And that's coming in between March 8th and the 14th. So you got a back-to-back at Utah at the Clippers. You're probably going to drop both those, let's be honest here. Uh, so that can put a dent maybe into the postseason plans. But then finally, the final one they have is definitely very winnable. And that splits between the end of March, beginning of April, at Orlando, at Atlanta, at Washington, and then at the San Antonio Spurs. You should be able to go 3-1, and one, maybe 4-0 and oh on that road trip. I think that'd be a big boon to New Orleans as that's right towards the end of the season. That's kind of their toughest stretch of games that they're going to have all year in terms of being on the road. They have a number of homestands. I think they have two four-game homestands, particularly at the end of the year when you're at uh, home against Charlotte, Phoenix, Philadelphia and Washington again that looks to be three and one or so and that's kind of what you want to see as that's a uh, way you can kind of make a jump into the postseason if you were maybe out of it a little bit so overall again it's a pretty just balanced schedule going to be kind of is what it is so next segment let's take a look at top five games and why I'm excited about them you already probably know some of them Maybe we'll expand it past top five because there's one or two others I want to talk about as well to get you excited for next season. But before we get into that, it is football season, and that means it's fantasy football season. And all you fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer on the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Vinny's going to give you the edge with over 20 years experience forecasting fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. That doesn't help you whatsoever, and you don't want to be just like them. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Win those bragging rights. Win that money over all of your friends. Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Subscribe to it on your favorite podcast provider. 
So biggest games, top games of the Pelican season. Some of these are going to be really obvious, but forgive me. We're a little bit hyped here now that the schedule is out and we can start planning all her weeks, months ahead, six months plus ahead as we head towards April and the end of the NBA regular season. Obviously, the first two games the Pelicans play are hugely excitable. At Toronto, when they you will see the debut of Zion Williamson, Toronto is going to be receiving their championship rings that night. Zion is going to get a chance to pull an upset and be on as big of a national stage as possible. Pretty awesome to see. Frankly, we just want to see this dude in a Pelicans uniform on an NBA court doing NBA things. You're going to get to watch it on TNT that night. Then that Friday against the Dallas Mavericks, 7 p.m. in the Smoothie King Center, the home debut of Zion Williamson. That is probably going to be one of the better atmospheres we've ever seen inside that building. That's talking playoffs. That's talking about the debut of Anthony Davis, some miraculous shots that got the Pelicans into the playoffs as well. All of this is going to pale in comparison to Zion's debut. Season tickets have been sold basically just for this night alone. The Pelicans are putting single game tickets on sale in the next week or so as well. This is going to resale on the secondary market very highly. You're going to see scalpers out there. I'd be willing to bet since it's a Friday, there's just going to be people partying down by the Smoothie King Center trying to take everything in. This is the dawn, this day officially, not the game against Toronto, of a new age here in New Orleans since it's a home game as the Pelicans take on the Dallas Mavericks. It should be a win. It's Zion Williamson's debut. Doesn't really get much more exciting than that, does it? Obviously, the third game that's on everybody's list, and I wonder how high this is. Is it the top game for you this year? And that's the home game against the Los Angeles Lakers on Wednesday, November 27th, the return of Anthony Davis. I was on WWL radio yesterday talking with Christian Garrick and Bobby Hebert, and they asked me about this and if it was maybe my top game. Not really. I'm more big on the Zion Williamson home debut. If I could have to only choose one to watch, luckily I don't, or 10, luckily I don't. And I think this game might be a little bit overrated. I'm going to be honest. We've already booed Anthony Davis here in the Smoothie King Center in his first game that he played in after his trade request when he came back from injury. Who cares? We've already done this before. Everyone's moved on, right? We don't care about our exes like that. Now, this is going to be pretty exciting too, and I'm sure people will be very excited to boo him. He will hear it all game long. I'm intrigued to see how the Pelicans will handle his return in another uniform with the way he kind of torched all of those bridges on the way out of town. But ultimately, if you have tickets, you can probably sell them for far more than it's really worth just for other people to have the opportunity to boo Anthony Davis. I'm going to say, I think that honestly might be the move. We've done this. What better way to show this dude that you don't care and make yourself feel, I don't know, have some pride in the matter, I guess, a little bit. But you know what? It is fun to boo. I definitely understand everyone and why they might want to do that. So this is going to be a pretty... Rowdy atmosphere, I'd say, in the Smoothie King Center. Definitely going to be one to watch, going to be one to attend, unless you want to try and make some extra bucks. Um, it's just my, you know, my financial advice to you all here. So, going to be a lot of fun. This one's high up on the list as well. So is Christmas Day. It's just a marquee day where you get to, you know, watch the team play. They're playing the Denver Nuggets, which I think is cool. I think the Denver matchups to me are very intriguing, just in general. 
The Pelicans have said they can play at a fast pace because they want to defend at a fast pace. Well, Denver puts up a lot of points. Can you defend all of the different actions they throw at you? Can you defend Nikola Jokic and the offense running through him? And then when they do manage to get in transition, which isn't as much as they've done in the past, but they still play very fast at times. One of the better offenses in the league. How do you keep up with that? And does your defense work to create that offense for the team, for the Pelicans as well? I'm intrigued by everyone. I'm intrigued by the one that's like game five in the regular season at home on Thursday, October 31st. Oh, that is a Halloween home game. That is pretty fun, too, when everyone dresses in costume. I'm excited for the Christmas Day game as well from that. Any matchup with Denver, I'm now intrigued by because it does seem like that's the team that's going to be in the Pelicans' way or competing with them for dominance in the Western Conference in the foreseeable future. Other games I'm excited for. January 18th, a Saturday against the Los Angeles Clippers, one of the two ABC games that the team gets. Very cool to be on that national stage, which you rarely see. Hasn't happened here in New Orleans since 2009. This is a 2.30 tip-off on a Saturday. So you can get out there early. You can go have the rest of your night out in New Orleans if you want it. I kind of like these early games just to kind of see the different dynamic, how things are a little bit more relaxed. Then you go into the Smoothie King Center. You don't realize it's 2.30 anymore. You've probably had a couple of beers because it's a Saturday. Why not, right? So you start cheering maybe in a way that you weren't expecting to on what could be a pretty relaxed game atmosphere normally. Don't think it's going to be for that one, and I think that's one of those games that you're really going to see people turn up for. A game that maybe you weren't expecting me to throw on this list here, Monday, it is eight, um, March 16th against the Atlanta Hawks. I just really like this Hawks young core, I'll be honest. I'm excited to see Trey Young, who I think is one of the more exciting players in the NBA to watch. I'm big on John Collins, who, by the way, is also my uh, keeper on my NBA Fantasy League as well. So overall, they're just, they've are just they got a lot of young talent that's really fun. I like seeing really fun players play here, even if their teams there aren't, aren't that good. Atlanta might be in kind of full-on tank mode by that point too, meaning it just might be the Trey Young show all game long. That sounds fun to watch him and Zion go at it. So right there are the top games, I think, coming up for the Pelicans regular season. We're going to talk the lefty team in a second because it kind of surprised me how good this team was. I also have a terrible joke to make for you all, so get ready for that here. But it still is NFL season, football season. You're excited about the Saints. I am too. And the new Locked On NFL podcast, this thing is straight up awesome, catching me up on everything I need to know around the league. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows out there on any podcast, which is always awesome awesome to hear means they've got a lot of great analysis coming to you and that's because they've got a former NFL scout in Matt Williamson along with host Brian Peacock. Locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked on NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. So fun third segment here. Mark Stein of the New York Times took a look at it being International Lefty Day. I'm a righty. Le- International Left Handers Day. Sorry, want to get the holiday correct. I'm a righty, so this doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. But he took a look at the best players in the league here who are left-handed shooters, left-handed players, and put together a roster that's 
Really intriguing. So the starting backcourt is James Harden, lefty, and Mike Conley Jr., lefty. The front court he puts together is Ben Simmons, Joe Ingles, and DeAndre Jordan, with their sixth man being Demontis Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers. It's a pretty good starting five, I've got to say. Some other lefties who would be on the team here um, are D'Angelo Russell, De'Aaron Fox as well in the backcourt. Gordon Dragic can be on that team as well. And then you get to the front court, which of course has Zion Williamson from the New Orleans Pelicans, maybe not as a starter just yet. You've also got Julius Randle who's out there uh, and can, you know, play. We've seen him. We know what he's kind of capable of doing. This is... A really good roster, and we talked about this on the Locked On NBA podcast, which you all know I co-host on Wednesday. I posed the question to John, who was in town with me for the Red Dress Run this past weekend, of, okay, so let's say you took all of these guys, all of those names we just said, including Zion, sorry I'm going to do this to you guys for a minute here, took them off their NBA teams and started a new expansion franchise that is the left-handed only team for whatever weird reason that we're doing that in. What is the win total for this team if they're in the Eastern Conference, let's say, and make it a little bit easier? And is it kind of like conference finals or bust for that team and it would be a disappointment? I said it was, and we kind of came to the idea that that team could win 55, 56 games, particularly in the East, if you're taking those guys off their current teams. That's a really good roster with just the right type of positional versatility you want. You can go guard heavy, which I think is the way to go in that lineup. Multiple playmakers, shot creators, guys who can shoot the three. It wins a lot of games, I think. And it was kind of surprising to see how good that was. We said Bill Russell, who's a lefty himself, would be the coach of that team since you've got to stick with it. And you need to find a left-handed GM, and I don't really think that we have data on that. But that's a tough job because that guy is kind of GMing with one hand tied behind his back since he can only bring in left-handed guys. Makes the job a little bit tougher. No? Anyone? This thing on? Yeah. So, that's a fun, I don't know, just kind of weird stat that there's not that many left-handers in the league, but if you take the best ones, you have a really good roster that, if you made him an expansion team, I think is a title contender. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free and as many days of the week in the offseason as we can make the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 